Go ahead and grab your Bible or device and turn to the book of John. We're going to be in John chapter 14, starting in verse 15. Now, John is in the New Testament. That's the second part of the Bible. It's going to be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you find yourself in Acts, Romans, Corinthians, or any other Theans names, you've gone too far. So make sure that you're in the book of John uh, in the New Testament. And as you're turning there, I want to share a quick story with you. See, most families have that crazy uncle. My family is blessed to have multiple crazy uncles, and more than likely, I'm going to end up being that crazy uncle in stories of families later on. But I have an uncle named Ed. Now, Uncle Ed, what was unique about him was that he was the only one in our family who was very tall. He stood six feet, four inches, which is significantly higher than everybody else in our family. So he stood out differently than the rest of us. Another thing about my Uncle Ed is that I've actually only remember seeing him about four or five times in my life because he would travel around the world and, and we're still kind of confused of how he got to travel all around the world. And he would go to all these exotic and crazy places and talk about riding elephants and all that. And he would randomly show up. In fact, our family was told that three different times that he had died. And then he would show up a few years later. And honestly, we were told about 15, 20 years ago that he has passed away. Um, but I still would not be shocked to this moment if he would walk in the door and say, hello, Josh, how's it going? And uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see my Uncle Ed. That's, that's my uncle. That, he's that uncle in the family. Um, I don't know quite, I'm still kind of confused. I know he's my mamaw's oldest son, but I'm still kind of confused even how my mamaw and my Uncle Ed are related to my family. Maybe I have to sign up for Ancestry.com and figure this all out or just ask my mom anyways. But he is my uncle. A lot of families have an uncle or relative like this. In our passage today, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Now in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is kind of like the Uncle Ed. He's the one that is kind of awkward and confusing to, to talk about. We, we don't quite fully understand him and fully know about what goes on with the Holy Spirit and what their role is. And honestly, if we talk about the Holy Spirit too much in church, we feel like we're leaning too much towards the Pentecostal side and we might have to get ribbons out and start speaking in tongues. Don't worry, we're not doing that today. Maybe next week, we'll see. But today, we are going to look and see exactly what the role of the Holy Spirit is in our lives and what Jesus says to us about the promise of the Holy Spirit to us. So will you please read along with me in John chapter 14, starting in verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. And in that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he is who loves me. And who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. 
and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid." Now, before we dig into this morning's passage um, and the supporting verses that we have, um, I wanna clarify something and make it very clear. See, the Holy Spirit's role is primarily in the believer's life. See, for the believer, it is those who've come to recognize their sin. They realize that all the wrongdoing and everything they're doing in their own strength and not of God's will is sin against God. And because of the sin, they've been separated from him. And so he sent his son to die on the cross that we may be restored back to him. So whoever believes in him, in Jesus, and calls out to him, confessing their sin and asking him to be their Lord and the savior of their life. That is when you get to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, prior to that, those who don't know Jesus, people who don't have a relationship with Jesus, they still experience an aspect, one aspect of the Holy Spirit, and that's conviction. The Holy Spirit works in their lives and draw, or is working at drawing them in to Jesus, wanting them to have a relationship, wanting to reconcile them back to a right relationship back with God. But it's the believer who gets to experience all the blessings, the relationship, and all the joys of having the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so if you're listening today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I wanna tell you this, God loves you. And God desires for you to turn away from your sin. He desires for you to turn away from your sin and turn your eyes towards him. He wants you to recognize that you can't do it on your own. You need a Lord and a savior. And so that is you today. If you're asking questions, you wanna know more about this relationship or if you're ready to enter into that relationship, I wanna encourage you to do something for me. I want you to grab your phone. I want you to grab your phone. I want you to text the word changing to 94000. That's changing to 94000. When you text that number, a pastor is going to get that text message and he's going to respond to you as quickly as possible to answer any questions that you may have because we truly desire all people to come to know the name of Jesus. And so we want to help you. We want to be join you in this journey. So please reach out to us. We would love to be able to connect with you and, and answer any questions that you may have in this way. So, but if you are watching, I don't want you to tune out. If you're, not a, if, if you're not a believer of Jesus, I want you to listen in and I want you to firmly believe that God has made it possible for you to be here today, that he wants you to hear this message. And so please stay, stay tuned in, listen to this. Now I wanna share this quote with you. D.L. Moody, who was an American evangelist who shared the good news of Jesus uh, throughout the world, says this quote about the spirit. The work of the Spirit is to impart life, to impart hope, to give liberty, to testify of Christ, to guide us to all, into all truth, and to teach us all things, to comfort the believer, and to convict the world of sin. 
Now to simplify this statement and to guide our discussion through John 14, here is a bottom line of this passage. And this is what I have for us. For the believer, the Holy Spirit secures, sustains, and supplies. I know it's very Baptist with this alliteration, but go with me. For the believer, the Holy Spirit secures, sustains, and supplies. So the first point that we have is that the Holy Spirit secures the believer. Now, after giving our lives into and placing our faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit enters into us, which is the first sign of regeneration or being born again with a new life in Jesus. It is the very presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives that secures our future hope of eternity. See, it's his presence that is in believers that of that is his presence in believers that gives us assurance of our salvation. And we see this in our passage from this morning. Look at verse 16. He will give you another helper. Look at verse 21. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now go down to verse 23. We will come to him and make our home with him. You see, even the Apostle Paul affirms this teaching in Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14. Paul says this, In him you also, when you heard the truth, the gospel of, of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we inquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. See, the Holy Spirit is who holds us fast to our salvation. And as, the, as we rest in God's, the Father's hand, it is the Holy Spirit who guarantees that he cannot let go, securing our salvation and hope of eternity with the glory of God. What a blessing it is. So knowing that you have the Holy Spirit inside you, there is no way to question your salvation. For those who have come to me and said, hey, I, I, I don't know if I'm saved. I've been in church my whole life and I really struggle with this. One of the first things I ask them is, have you ever experienced the Holy Spirit prompting you and speaking in your life, encouraging, leading you in something other than the conviction of your sin? If the answer is yes, then this is a sign of your salvation. And so this is an encouragement. This is a reminder of knowing that we are in the hand of God. But three times in our passage, Jesus says, if you love me and keep my commands. Now in here, he's very clearly talking to believers. See, we have commands. We, we, we have the Bible and our lives should be marked by our love for Jesus and obedience to his word. See, being Christian literally means little Christ. We are to be just like Jesus. And that is exactly what he wants us to do here. If we love him, we will keep his commands but this is impossible to do in our own strength, which leads us to our second point. The Holy Spirit sustains the believer. So our passage gives us three verses that shows that the Holy Spirit sustaining the believer. First, it's verse 16. And it says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Now go down to verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. See, these two verses remind and affirm the believer that we are never alone. 
So when we read Psalm 23, verse four, that says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. We can take this passage to heart. Believers can trust the fact that they are not alone, that the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside them, sustaining them in each and every moment. It's the Holy Spirit who indwells inside us. He sustained us. It's the most difficult of times and in the greatest of our times of our lives. Now, the third verse that shows that the Holy Spirit's role in sustaining the believer is verse 27. So look at it with me. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Now as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. See, this peace is not the kind of peace that the world offers. This is the peace that frees us from anxiety and fears and in spite of anything that may be happening. See, let, let's talk about it this way. Have you ever talked to somebody and their world and their circumstances, everything going around them is just absolutely falling apart and going crazy, but they're still filled with, with amazing joy and gratitude towards Jesus and just have this complete peace. That, that's through the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you this example. I heard Francis Chan talking one time. Francis Chan is a, a, a famous author and a former pastor and a missionary. Um, and he was with the underground church in China. And as he was with the underground church and they had to sneak him in into this secret room in this house and they're all huddling in, huddling in this room. There's about 15 of them there. And one of the members of this church was running late and, and they finally, they were praying and praying for this member, hoping nothing happened to him. And, and they came in and this member was out of breath and, and just sat down and just started laughing. And he was, Francis Chan was kind of confused. And then they started sharing it, what just happened. Um, they were actually fleeing from the police. Um, the police suspected them of being Christians and being part of an underground church and they were fleeing and actually were having bullets shot at them uh, during this time. And, and by only God's grace, were they able to make it to this meeting? And then another person started laughing and telling a story about how the week before that they had to hide in a drain um, to not be captured and, and caught and, and taken to prison just because of being Christians. And one after one, they all started laughing. The room, they had to hush them down to be quiet because they were such filled of joy, laughing about the persecution, the, the difficulty, the trials that they're facing. And Francis Chan said it was in that moment that he experienced the greatest peace of the Lord. He said, these people who are literally risking their lives to gather together to worship Jesus were laughing about the persecution. They experienced a peace beyond all understanding. And that is the result of the Holy Spirit in their lives. That's the Holy Spirit sustaining them even in their difficult times. So in the, some of the hardest times, they found joy. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. This is the peace beyond understanding that the Bible refers to. And it's, it's peace that the world literally cannot offer and frankly does not understand. And you and I can't experience this peace apart from the Holy Spirit. You see, 1 Thessalonians 5.19 tells us this, do not quench the spirit. And I looked up the word quench in, in Greek, it means to extinguish the fire. See, if you find yourself not experiencing this type of joy and peace, 
I'm gonna encourage you that you, you may need to examine your relationship with God and determine if you maybe have extinguished this fire of the spirit within you. Have you gone on not listening to the Holy Spirit in your life? Maybe you've, you've allowed the, the world, the media, the news outlets, the, all the drama on social media, everything to speak too more heavily in your life than allowing God's word to speak in your life and to drown out God's word and the Holy Spirit. And so if that's you, I, I strongly encourage you, uh, seek the Lord in this. Um, later on, we'll get to how we can hear the Spirit more and get back to that. And so I wanna share a quote with you by Charles Spurgeon. He's known as the Prince of Preachers. He says this, without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are ships without wind, we are useless. And so that brings us to our last point, that the Holy Spirit supplies the believer. See, just like Charles Spurgeon said, without the Holy Spirit, we are left lacking. In our own strength, we will ultimately respond with our sinful nature. We will resp ultimately respond and lash out in anger. We will live in our emotions. We will put ourselves above others and we'll look for opportunities to take rather than to give. But the Holy Spirit, when he is convicting our hearts and realigning us back towards a right relationship with Jesus, aligning us to be more like our Savior, the Holy Spirit supplies us with kind words rather than hurtful words. He gives us freedom over addiction. He leads us to be generous instead of greedy, to love rather than to hate. Going against the grain of our natural sin, going against the grain of where the world is heading, he leads us in right standing and righteous living. If we allow that conviction, we allow the Holy Spirit to work and speak into our lives. This is what you can expect the Holy Spirit to supply believers. And we see this back in our passage. Look down with me in verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to your remembrance all that I have said to you. This is the conviction that we feel. The Holy Spirit working in our lives to realign our heart, soul, and minds back with God. And so you may be asking, like, how does the Holy Spirit teach and remind me of these things. And I'm really glad you asked because that's how we're gonna to conclude today's message. First, it's this. Just as Pastor Chad encouraged us last week, you've gotta read your Bible. See, God's word, the Bible, is God's love letter to us. It is how he speaks to us. If you wanna hear from God, you've gotta open it up. See, this is our guide, it's our foundation. It is the map for pursuing righteousness. When people say, I just don't hear from God, my first question is how often are you reading your Bible? The reality, God is talking, we're just not listening because we're not opening it up. If we wanna hear from God, we've got to read his word. If we want to be reminded of Jesus' teaching, we've got to be in his word regularly. So first, read your Bible. Secondly, you should work on memorizing scripture. 
See, learning and memorizing God's word allows us to hold fast to his truths and to fight off temptation. See, when Jesus was led to the desert and to be tempted by Satan, he quoted scripture to fight off those temptations. And so let me, let me put it very basically here. If the son of God who helped write the scriptures, who helped write the Bible as man took time to memorize the words of God to fight off temptation, seems like a pretty good plan and idea to follow our savior and to follow his example. So memorize scripture. And if you are struggling to memorize and you say, Josh, I've got a terrible memory. I understand it. I've got four kids and I get their names wrong all the time. There is tricks and ways to do it. My wife has scripture written on our mirrors, posted throughout the house to help us memorize scripture. And we say it over and over again throughout the week. Um, and so we would love to help you with that if you need help. So please reach out to us. So first, read your Bible. Secondly, memorize scripture. And third, we pray. Reading God's word is how God talks to us. And the way that we talk to God is through prayer. If you look back in Jesus' life and in his ministry, there's three common traits. He was teaching or discipling people, taking naps or praying. Those are some of the most common traits of Jesus and we need to be more like Jesus. Yes, we need to disciple people. Yes, we need more naps. And yes, we need to pray. When Jesus was tempted, he, he would go off by himself and pray. When he was troubled, he would go off and pray. In moments when he didn't wanna know, he would silence himself and pray. We need the power of prayer in our life. We need to commune with God through prayer. And remember this, when you pray, you are communicating with the creator God who created all things around us. He is a mighty and awesome and holy God but he is also a loving father who desires to speak and hear from his children. God wants to hear from you. He wants to commune from you. And it is through these things, through reading your Bible, memorizing scripture and spending time in prayer that the Holy Spirit shapes and molds us to be more like Jesus. That is how we remember his teachings. That is how we or know what to say exactly in the right moments and to follow his leading. This is what it means for the Holy, to fully embrace the Holy Spirit. So let's do that this week and encourage people to grow deeper in their faith. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you, Lord, for our salvation. We thank you that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. Father, I pray that we we won't quench the spirit, Father. We won't lose the joy of our salvation, Father. That we were reminded of the fact that the Holy Spirit is holding us and securing us our future and our hope to be in glory with Jesus. And Father, that we would be encouraged to know that he is sustaining us in the moment to be able to stand firm in our faith, Father, to hold fast to that, Father. And we know that you supply us with all the good things that we need. So Father, when we do face temptations, when we do face hardships, when we do face the good times as well, we rely on the Holy Spirit to speak and live through us. Father, allow all these things to encourage us and equip us today. We love you and we praise you. In the precious name of Jesus, amen.